The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus went with the disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go yonder and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed. My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, thy will be done. The Gospel of the Lord. So today we celebrate the wonderful feast day of our Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal high priest. Um, And so we start with our first reading in Genesis, this uh, profound mystery of what happens when the Lord asks Abraham to offer his own son as sacrifice. And as we've said before, the mystery of what happens here cannot be understood unless it is in the light of Christ, right? In the light of what will happen in Christ's own sacrifice. Otherwise, a complete, it seems to be completely just cruel and unreasonable on the part of God. But the Lord is drawing attention to the consequences of sin and the final and ultimate sacrifice that will be required for that. And so throughout the Old Testament, you have a foretaste of the sacrifice of Christ, whereas all of the sacrifices up to that point in terms of Christ's sacrifice are insufficient to accomplish what is necessary for the alleviation and for the removal of sin. And so what you have is these kind of shocking images of sacrifice throughout the Old Testament, either in terms of what is offered. So here you have the offering of Isaac uh, by Abraham, even though it is ultimately not required of him. But then also you have these shocking images which aren't in terms of what is offered, but the quantity of what is offered. And so in the temple, you have day after day, year after year, the amount of blood that was offered in sacrifice in the temple. St. Thomas Aquinas asks a good question. He says, if all of these sacrifices are insufficient, then why does God ask for them? What's the purpose of them? And so he says, one of the reasons for the purpose of all of the Old Testament sacrifices is one that we might always have before our eyes an effect of sin right? Something that's visible. Sin in terms of its, it, where it wounds us most is normally spiritual and interior and unseen. And so it is necessary for us as sensible creatures to have before our eyes the consequences of our actions so that we might also recoil from sin and its consequences. 
And so he says that the reason that we have these long years of sacrifices which are insufficient is that we might realize also the full effects of sin, the great devastation that happened in creation because of original sin. And so even though those sacrifices are not able to accomplish what we hoped they would accomplish, they point also towards Christ's sacrifice and our hope in terms of being delivered, but also they hold before our eyes the great devastation, the terrible effects and consequences of our sin. And they do that in a way that is sensible, to show us the spiritual effects of what has happened. And so sin has brought death into the world. And so sacrifices are now required. And so the Lord then in Genesis, we come to this point where he then speaks to Abraham, and you have this whole mystery of Abraham binding his son. I read one commentator once which says this isn't simply the offering of a father of his son, it's also the willing submission of a son to his father. He says, and he notes, one of the commentators, at this point, Abraham is an old man. Isaac is young and strong. In order for Abraham to bind Isaac and to place him on an altar, Isaac is not stupid. He can see what is happening. But there is no resistance from the point of Isaac. And so not only do we see in Abraham the offering of the father of his son, we also see in Isaac the willing submission of a son to his father's will. It's a profound image of what will eventually come in Christ's own suffering and death. What we also see in this story of Abraham and Isaac is that God rewards intention. Sometimes we don't even need to accomplish what we set out to do so long as the intention is there. The Lord rewards Abraham as if he had carried out the action, even though he hadn't, because it was in his intention to do so. That's a great consolation for us as well. Sometimes we intend to do the good things, but circumstances beyond our control stop us from being able to do these things. But the intention can be rewarded. The Lord looks into the heart. And so then as we then move forward to the gospel scene for today, you have now the beginning of the perfect sacrifice. It begins in the Garden of Gethsemane, and it begins in darkness. Just as at the first creation, it was from darkness that the Lord began his creation, so also it is in the darkness of Gethsemane that the new creation will begin. And the Word himself, who spoke in the beginning and said, Let there be light, and there was light, will now also, through his passion and death, bring this new creation into being. Jesus went with his disciples into a place called Gethsemane. It means the olive press, right? The olive press. It's where oil is pressed out. It is a profound image for what will happen to Christ. Just as the olives are crushed so that that oil might pour forth, that oil which has so many benefits for us, for eating, for healing, all of its different properties which assist human life, so now Christ will be crushed for our sake, and the oil of his love and Holy Spirit will pour out for the anointing not of our bodies but of our souls. And that that oil which pours forth from him, which represents his sacraments and his Holy Spirit, will pour over from this perfect sacrifice of Christ all of those who are redeemed by that sacrifice and bring all of the necessary healings from sin that are required. He is crushed for our sake. 
This is the profound mystery now of Christ the High Priest. Unlike all the priests who came before him, who offered in sacrifice things that were not themselves, Christ now comes as priest and victim. What he offers is not something outside of himself. What he offers is himself for sacrifice. And then what you see is this profound image one of the commentators points out. He says of these kind of concentric circles of intimacy. He takes his first disciples and he says, sit here while I go further and pray. Showing that there is a limit because of sin as to how close we can approach to the Father. But we can see that what he is going to start doing is drawing us into this beautiful intimacy that he has with the Father. He takes with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, the ones whom he took up to the Mount of Transfiguration and into that luminous mystery. He now takes them down to the depths and darkness of the agony in Gethsemane. The ones who were able to see him in glory will now see him in agony and suffering. And taking with him these others, he takes them deeper into his intimacy. And in front of them, it says, he began to be sorrowful and troubled as the weight of sin now crushes upon him. He said to them as he expresses the depths of this suffering, my soul is sorrowful to death, to the point of death, to the full extremes of sorrow. As he beholds in himself all of sin, as he takes to himself all of its consequences, as he is crushed beneath that weight, he is the perfect high priest, he is also the perfect sacrifice. And as he takes on this mystery, as Bishop Fulton Sheen says, this is the first time he asks his disciples for anything. Remain here and watch with me. It's all he asks of them. Bishop Fulton Sheen relates that to Eucharistic adoration. As the high priest is still here with us in the mystery of the Eucharist, the one who has saved us by his sacrifice. And what he asks of us is what continually happens here. Stay here and watch with me. The eternal high priest asks of us only one consolation for himself, that we might remain with him and watch with him. And so on this feast day, we renew our dedication to the wonderful mystery of Eucharistic adoration. As it continues here so faithfully and for so long a time, we know that the Lord is obviously consoled through what happens here as he is adored, as souls come and remain with him and watch with him. And we pray for the grace that we might continue in this wonderful mystery of adoration, as many more souls might respond to that invitation which went out not only to his disciples but to all of us. Remain here and watch with me. Amen.